cross by Pedri. Inter Milan defending stoutly. Eric Garcia. Lewandowski! Just when you think you've seen it all. Lewandowski scores again. Hello and welcome to Foreigner Football. My name is Nolan Hemmett. Alongside me, as always, is my beautiful co-host and soon to be crying, if not already crying, Juventus fan, Mr. Joseph Reyna. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing better today than I was doing on, on Tuesday. Uh, but you know what? We move on. We, we live and we learn. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, it's Champions League. Joe, what is UEFA Champions League? Yeah, so it's basically just a, a massive World Cup-style club soccer tournament in Europe. So you have the best sides from many of Europe's top leagues. Some teams, or some leagues get more teams in the tournament than others. So I believe Scotland has two. Yeah, Scotland, two, has two. Scotland has two teams this year, whereas England always has four, you know, just because it is a better league uh, in general. So... But once you, you get to the group stage, uh, there's 32 teams separated into eight groups of four. Uh, each team plays each other uh, twice, once home, once away. And after those six games, the top two teams from each group advance to the knockout round. And from there, it's two-legged ties all the way into a Champions League final in May or whenever the final is. I, I, it's usually yeah, May. Usually May. But uh, yeah, towards the end of the, the soccer season. And that is just a one-legged final it's absolutely everything on the line no second leg just you go out there for 90 minutes and and try to win it's match week four and uh, what a week it was uh liverpool scored a touchdown uh thank you america and an extra point against rangers in a lopsided 7-1 salah gets the fastest hat trick in ucl history very exciting sun hyung min scores a brace for tottenham as they get past eintracht frankfurt Great game for him, and a great game for Tottenham as a whole. An impressive showing for the new Chelsea manager, Graham Potter, beating a solid but injury-plagued AC Milan. And worries about the U.S. women's national team are creeping in after they lose both of their friendlies to England and Spain this week. That's all in this episode, so let's talk about some Champions League. Tackled by Jota, Salah, he's poked it in! Four for Liverpool! And here's Salah. Salah's had a go, and he's got another one! Beautiful! Once it gets to this stage, Guy, it's about not conceding anymore. Forget any thoughts about the top of the field. Got to make sure they don't concede anymore. And here he goes again, Salah on a hat-trick! Goal! It was always going to be! Liverpool and Rangers faced off at the Ibrox in Glasgow on Wednesday. Rangers started strong. It was a great showing from Liverpool, though, in the second half. I don't know what Klopp fed Salah, or maybe it was like Michael's secret stuff from the Looney Tunes movie. But that was really, really impressive from Liverpool. Starting early on, I thought that you know Rangers was able to sneak a goal by early on, and the defense... Like we've said before, the the Liverpool defense just did not look solid starting. They started on their flat foot. Van Dyke just, I don't know what about him. He just doesn't doesn't always start games very strong. Kanate didn't look great uh, at the very beginning. Joe Gomez didn't look very great at the beginning. Even Allison had some some moments where he wasn't um, his strongest. But 
It's one, it was 1-1 at halftime, and Liverpool didn't look back after that. They came out on the second half. They beat Rangers in every way in mm-hmm. the second half, obviously. Yeah. I mean, where has this team been for the entire season? They, they just, right. at least the first half we saw, and, and maybe we're a bit skeptical and worried about, like, oh, this is going to be another roadblock that they, you know, trip over. But, I mean, they came out absolutely firing in the second half, and, and it does you know, remind us that this team is good. Like, it is a very, very good 11, and even bench as well, obviously. But how are they just not... They're not playing to their potential at all in the Premier League. And in the Champions League, we're seeing that as well, that they they probably are going to go through. I think they have, like, a tiny, tiny chance that they wouldn't. But they'll, they'll make it through. But, uh, yeah, in the Prem, they're just... They have not been at their best and yesterday was their best at least in the second half yesterday was their best they were firing on all cylinders yeah i think that was the best liverpool we've seen all year and that's kind of the liverpool that we're accustomed to seeing they do go into uh rangers rangers have no goals and no points in the champions league starting into that game they do get a goal they do get the first goal of the game our field sneaks one by allison after tamikas loses the challenge and sets up a beautiful pass but um, after that point, I mean, Samikas, he was probably the weakest link on the back line on Wednesday. Um, everybody else kind of stepped up into their role a little bit better than Samikas. And then he was substituted out later on for Henderson or Andrew Robinson. He was substituted later out for Andrew Robinson to Scotland, the Scottish, who <laughs> I think should have started to be kind of funny um, because they were in Scotland, of yeah. course, because that's where Rangers play. Mm-hmm. Some have been skeptical of of Robertson since he's been, uh, especially this season. But yesterday he was, I mean, I don't think there's going to be anybody who's going to contend that he wasn't better than Simikas. You know, those those subs that came off the bench were just night and day, the the difference. Roberto Firmino, what a game it, it was for him. I mean, he gets a brace. He basically sets up most of the goals for Salah and then for Harvey Elliott as well. But I mean what a what a what a guy. It's, I mean he's totally stepped up into that position of that second striker spot after um Sadio Mane's departure to Bayern Munich. Uh, it's still across from Joe Gomez when he gets his goal. Um but yeah, it's just Firmino's a, he's he's just clinical. Yeah. I do find it a, a bit interesting that I mean they've tried to I I don't know if this is speculation, but it feels like they've been trying to replace him for years, and still he just keeps chugging away and 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 getting goals. And uh, so this season he's been a, a man renewed. Nah, he's he's been fantastic uh, this season, much better than he was last year. Um, definitely improved. Yeah, biggest story Wednesday was the Salah hat trick. Salah hasn't been to the best of starts in the Premier League. Um, a lot of people have been questioning if he's still up to that ability like he was last year. This may be a turning point for for Salah. I mean, it was just clinical. I mean, it was it was his his finishing is almost perfect, really. Mm-hmm. He comes on in the 68th minute and gets a hat trick in in six and a half minutes. I mean, what more else do you really need to say about about Mohamed Salah? Seriously, yeah. No, he, he's been he's been fantastic, and I believe the numbers were. Uh, five goals in his opening uh, eight games, or five goal contributions 
uh, in, in his opening eight games, whereas last season he had 12, you know, so a massive drop off in the Prem at least. And good to see him pick it back up. Well placed. It's Son on the volley. Oh, yes. Brilliantly volleyed home by Son Hyung Min for Tottenham, who lead by three goals to one. Looked up and put it on a plate for Son. They allowed him the space to watch the ball drop, and then he thumped it. Tottenham and Eintracht Frankfurt, um, 3-2 in that game at Tottenham Stadium. Uh, Kamada scores the opening goal for Frankfurt after Eric Dyer loses the ball and with a heavy touch, uh, and then it just, mm-hmm. Larice comes out, and it's just, was not a, was just, ugh. but yeah, Kamada was one of those, was one of those Japanese players I was looking forward to watching. When the U.S. played Japan in the friendly in September, and Kamada looked really good then, and he still looks really good for Frankfurt, getting that getting that um, kind of cheap goal against uh, Lloris and the Tottenham back line. Those, I mean, Spurs going forward, they have a, a really good team. Un- under Conte, they don't seem to utilize it as much as they probably should. They play a, a much more reserved, counterattacking based approach, whereas we've seen other sides that are a bit more just attacking oriented, whereas... I think with Conte, he's he's a bit more of a game manager. Uh, this one was a bit it, it was a bit difficult to watch. Um, in that Spurs kind of shot themselves in the foot and and made an easier game look difficult. You know, it, it, they they could have been in control of this one from beginning to end, but mistakes and and uh, just poor decision making really cost them um, in the long term to to make it a bit more of a, a nervy finish than it should have been. But, I mean, Son played fantastic two goals, and then Kane yeah, had the, Kane the, had the, penalty. the penalty correct. The, t- so. the, the, the Son-Kane connection mm-hmm. is as strong as we might have seen it ever, maybe. I mean, but there, was, there were a lot of people that were questioning because Son had the massive break where he didn't score anything at the beginning of the season. I think mm-hmm. it took him, like, six games to get on the score sheet. Um, but since then, he got a hat trick in his game that mm-hmm. he, he broke his duck. But since then, yeah, they absolutely have been fantastic. And, you know, everyone's trying to defend Son and Kane, but Richarlison has kind of opened up a, an, another window for that connection to gain even more. Because if you pull your defenders away, because Richarlison is a quality attacker in every sense of the word, and so are as the, the other the son and, and Kane and you have those three guys on the field at once it's hard to know who's who to defend mm-hmm. because those three guys had their and once their chemistry starts building and building after this game especially I, I thought that that was that their their connections was was really good mm-hmm. but you you add you add another guy to yeah. the Kane son connection and things could get dangerous mm-hmm. for Tottenham for sure I I'd be dan- I'd I'd be afraid to be drawn against them once you get to the the round of 16 cuz that's where those two-legged ties where you just need to get through that is where Antonio Conte is so so good so i i could see him getting them potentially quarterfinal semifinals if they are firing the way that they are now definitely um, but i mean that's that's a long long time from now we got a whole yeah. world cup before that i remember so. i remember Clint Dempsey said on um the CBS Golasso show or the CBS um, show for mm-hmm. for Champions League before I think it might have been before match day two. He said that Tottenham are going to win. Really? Yeah. 
I don't know if I'd go that far. Listen. But they they have a good team. I think just team. defensively they're not um as right. yeah, well suited to yeah. winning a tournament like mm-hmm. like the Champions League. Definitely stuff to think about after you know Richarlison comes in and, and as he gets more momentum with and he and he gets more chemistry with Kane with uh, um Conte and with with Son, then you know the the ceiling is pretty high for this top Hotspur team as well. Man City drew against Copenhagen, uh, 0-0, 0-0, as they would say. Sergio Gomez gets a red card in the 30th minute. Yeah, they just never looked on it. They were playing up against it for most of the match with the red card. Erling Holland didn't start. Um, nope. But the um, Man City's through. It you know, it is what lock. it is. They're they're gonna be fine. So these games don't really matter as much um, for them, and especially it's it's more of a give. It feels crazy to say, but they're giving their players a break for the for the league. You know, mm-hmm. who who'd have thought that they'd do that for the Champions League? But you know, that's just how good Man City has gotten. Chelsea looking improved under Potter. They get a win against AC Milan. They get a win against AC Milan. Yes, look good, Grand Potter. Mm-hmm. I I I was really impressed with just how consistent they looked under him. They haven't really dropped in performance it's been a very consistent thorough attacking performance defensive performance they're, they're just they're a solid team under under potter so i i could see them long term being pretty dangerous that's i mean the consistency is so important in in tournaments like the champions league so don't don't be surprised if they're in and around the semifinals and potentially even final uh come the end of the campaign Barcelona, a thrilling six-goal match uh, in the Camp Nou against Inter Milan. Crazy Lewandowski goal. Crazy, crazy, just crazy, period. The whole game uh, was just, they'll sell you the seat and you only need the edge of it. You know, right. that's that's just how that game was for from beginning to end. But Barcelona is really on the edge. I mean, they they need an absolute miracle to not drop out of the group stage which would be a disaster i mean considering how much money they've spent all the levers they found that they have been pulling financially if they don't make it to the knockout round of the champions league that is a lot of money that they are losing out on and they'll be fine because it's barca and that's just how they are but man if this was any other club you'd have to start thinking about when they'd when they'd start taking the stadium you know that's right. they're, they're in some deep trouble yeah especially if if Xavi doesn't make it to Champions League again for the second year in a row I mean we're gonna have be having to ask some serious questions after that Flavic great save Cohen and Milik couldn't smuggle it in and Flavic's reaction eloquently tells the story of Juve's night Cohen able to get there bit of Minor heroism from Goldberg as well. Great uh, Juve take on Maccabi Haifa, the Israeli Premier League side, and lose 2-0. Wow. And Napoli also. I'm kidding. Uh, no, Juve, Juve was just a... a should, we, should we just skip this? Should we no, just skip no, this no, part? <laughs> no, I mean, we have to talk about Cohen. I mean, they, they he played fantastic. Uh, Josh Cohen, the young American. Well, not young Americans. 
the average aged American. The average aged American. Uh, the 27 year old, I believe, or 29. 29. Yeah. He's been fantastic. He used to play in the USL championship. I believe it was for Sacramento, uh, if, if my memory serves me correct. Yeah, he, play, he played for Phoenix Rising and Sacramento. Wow. Yeah, so he's he's a, a really, really talented goalkeeper, but not a lot of people are looking at him for, for the, the Champions League. I could see him, uh, or not Champions League, for the World Cup. I could definitely see him at least being in the conversation. I think he deserves that uh, after the performances that he's put up against a really strong PSG side, Benfica, who have looked very dangerous as well, and then Juventus, who are just so, so depressing. Just, it it hurts to watch every single week. If you aren't a Juve fan, don't watch the games. If you are a Juve fan, why? So <laughs> The age-old question. Yes. That's a great transition into the Americans that play in the UCL. Uh, Gio Reyna, he gets the start for, for Dortmund against Sevilla. Gio Reyna, please put, maintain your health. Seriously, the man is made of glass, but it, very similar to Brendan Aronson at the weekend. He had one specific play that, that I, I saw a lot on Twitter. People really liked, especially Americans that were, uh, I believe he just like dribbled in from the from the edge and almost had a, a goal himself. I think it went just a, a bit wide of the net, but yeah, he's, he's a fantastic dribbler. He's got a, a rocket of a shot on him. And I've been saying this for a while. I genuinely would put him up there with the most talented people uh, in I the USMNT camp. I, I think he's agree. he's fantastic on the ball, off the ball. His his soccer brain is second to none, uh, in my opinion. It just you know it's the little details, but the big one is the injury record. Uh, he needs to fix that. That's I mean you can't you can't be a force for change if you're on the bench. That's just how it is. The quote of the day from Joseph Reyna. Serginho Dest, finally good to see him get regular minutes after he gets the transfer from Barcelona to AC Milan. Mm -hmm. Played meh. Yeah. Uh. I mean, meh. That, the AC Milan team is really injury plagued. Uh, Chelsea did look fantastic as we touched on earlier, but so I don't know how much we could realistically expect from a right back to, you know, make a, a big difference but from what i saw he, he seemed to be you know doing his job properly and and wasn't at fault a mm -hmm. ton so i i'm 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 a fan of his obviously but it is a little unfortunate that he's only getting these starts because of you know injuries ahead of him right but i mean you've got to take those chances when they're given to you so you do indeed uh the world cup is right around the corner here i know sergio des is probably already booked on Berhalter's list, but going in, it would be nice to see him get at least good performance under his belt or a good start or something something we can hold on to before going into the World Cup to say, hey, yeah, Dest is a guy that we need to have on the, the back line for us. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers gets the start and captain again um, for Celtic, his first or his second time captaining Celtic, back-to-back -back captain, and his uh, the first American to captain a side in UCL. Congratulations, Cameron Carter-Vickers. I see, Joe, you have the the Celtic shirt in, in congratulations mm -hmm. of, of Cameron Carter-Vickers. Well, absolutely. I mean, this is history. There's there's no two ways about it. No, but for real, it is it is cool to you know be able to see an American captaining a historic club like Celtic uh, in the Champions League. So I wish there was a bit more success tied to it, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's
I've ever played in and probably ever will play in, so I just tried to take it all in and it just meant a lot to me. Our team left everything out there, obviously we're disappointed, but it's just a great experience and we learn a lot from this and we focus on the next game. The U.S. women's national team lose 2-0 to Spain and 2-1 to England in their October friendly window. Oh man, there's a lot to dissect here. Yeah. Is there? Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, any time that the U.S. women's national team loses two games in a row, you know, the alarm bells start going off. You start having flashbacks to Japan and Saudi Arabia for the men's team. But it just doesn't happen. You know, that's that's the thing with the with the U.S. women's national team. They're so good, so consistent that losses like this are a bit of a punch in the gut because, you know, maybe you could see them dropping points or... or you know, not winning or maybe losing one game, but two games, um, and especially the second one, I, I'm a bit more worried about the first one. Uh, so in the two lo two one loss to England, excuse me. I mean, there was some some dodgy VAR calls to say the least. Probably should have been, definitely could have been a tie, uh, but that's soccer. Um, the Sophia Smith goal was really nice, uh, and there was there were a lot of positives that I, I think. U.S. women's national team fans can take away from that game specifically. But in the, the second one, um, you know, away to Spain was just a disaster. We we got outplayed. Um, it was Spain's B team uh, with the situation going on over there. Uh, many of the first team players went out. I don't want to call it a strike, but came out mm -hmm. and, and said that the, the working conditions were not uh, ideal and and criticized the head coach and as a result Spain the the Spanish FA basically just said okay you guys are banned and they kicked them off the team and so the side that the United States faced was actually probably Spain's B team and they still dominated us so you know the midfield was non-existent but you know is there reason to panic yes there is no there isn't there's there's two sides to this and and you can fall on either side depending on how optimistic you want to be. But ultimately, there is, you know, some things that need to be ironed out that, that should be looked at rationally. And there's some things that, you know, maybe you should take with a grain of salt. We were playing two of the best sides in the world. Let's not forget that. Spain was fantastic at the Euros. They have a great system. They have a really good base of players even down through the second and probably even third teams. England is European champions. You know, they're, they're a fantastic side from top to bottom and playing in England in front of a packed crowd. I believe it was 70,000 people that were at that game is is crazy. So there's positives there uh, in that, you know, it's, it's I shouldn't say positives, non-negatives. Non-negatives. Yeah, that it was a difficult atmosphere and difficult teams that you're playing. So, you know, it's not like we dropped these points to Thailand with all due respect to Thailand. But I, I think the other factors are like uh, some of our players have NWSL playoffs to worry about, the other NWSL issues that are currently you know, at play, which could potentially be taking a mental toll on the players, which is completely understandable and absolutely not a criticism in the slightest. It's more of a criticism on the NWSL and, and the national team more of like trying to get these games in uh, at a time when they probably shouldn't be. Uh, there, there's more important things 
So do you think that do you yeah. think that maybe there's after these two results? I know that these games technically don't mean anything, but do you think that maybe there's basically passing the old guard to the new? I think that should have been done a while ago, and there have been some strides made to let the younger players in. I mean, we've seen Trinity Rodman, one of the best players uh, in the U.S. women's national team camp. She got the start. I, I, she's very, very young, but she's fantastic um, and fully deserves it. Sophia Smith is on the younger side as well. So, you know, there has been some sort of a, a desire to hang on to these experienced players. And I think that's fine in some capacity, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you need to let the youth take over and do their job. And hopefully with the the support of maybe some some veterans in the, the camp as well, that they can, you know, help mold them into the players that the, the national team needs them to be. But I, I really, I'm not that worried, honestly. I, I think with the depth that the U.S. squad mm-hmm. has, it's kind of a matter of time, I think, when we start to be good again. It's just, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like a rebuild year in a way. A little bit, mm-hmm. which is a bit concerning right which before a, a World right. Cup. But, I mean, I don't know how strong our lineup, you know, is compared to what we're going to bring to the World Cup. I, I right. think that there are definitely improvements because, I mean, playoffs for NWSL is, uh, it's it's really close. I believe it starts, yeah, this weekend. So, the, there, there's probably some things in there that, you know, you don't want to run away with too much, uh, and and be too worried about. But at the end of the day, like you're saying, I mean, the women's national team got outplayed, and that just doesn't happen. And so, as a result, uh, soccer fans in the United States should be worried. There should be alarm bells going off. That's completely fine. But as we get, you know, closer to the World Cup. As we saw last World Cup, where we scraped by some of these teams, uh, Spain was one where we took two penalty kicks to beat Spain uh, on the day. It it is quickly becoming clear that the United States is no longer the the clear superpower in the world for for women's soccer. Other teams are catching up. France is fantastic. England is incredible. Uh, Spain is is spectacular to use an alliteration. But across the world, we're seeing a lot more talent. And the United States has always been at the top, but now these other sides are catching up, and and we're we're getting to this level of like, okay, other teams are getting more more and more adequate and are able to compete with the U.S. And that isn't a necessarily a huge knock on the U.S. We we're probably at the same level. We might have even gotten better, but these other teams are now catching up. So instead of playing teams that you know, don't have professional players regularly. Now every team has, you know, somebody that was nominated for the Ballon d'Or. You right. know, that's just how this is. What a touch! Que golazo! Esther Gonzalez! Que has hecho! Two nothing Spain! All right, that's been our show. Um, thank you for tuning in this week. We talked about Champions League, talked about the U.S. Women's National Team been a good one be sure to follow the twitter account at foreigner footy we're going to start to post there a little more regularly going into next week join the fantasy league i'll have the code the link to the to the league in the description of this podcast as well as this episode and we will catch you on the next episode